It is good that we are here. Dear brothers and sisters, what St. Peter, St. James, and St. John experienced as they beheld the transfiguration of the Lord, the transfiguration of the Lord defies description. St. Mark says they were ekphaboi, ekphaboi, that ekphaboi, that, that we, the related word to that in Greek is phobia, that's where we get the word phobia from, ekphaboi which is translated into English, as we heard, as so terrified. It literally means to be frightened out of one's wits. But it is clear from the context that Mark used ekphaboi because there simply wasn't a more accurate word to use. This is because as overwhelmed and amazed as the three apostles were, Peter wanted to stay. Peter wanted to stay. He didn't want the experience to end. Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. As they beheld their teacher infused with divine glory, speaking with Moses and Elijah, whom they somehow recognized, Peter, James, and John were filled with awe. Tremendous awe. For them, this was the pinnacle of existence. Peter was actually saying, let time stop now. And the experience became even more amazing because they suddenly sensed the presence of the Most Holy Trinity. The cloud of the Holy Spirit enveloped them and God the Father's voice called to them, This is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. And in a flash, it was all over. Suddenly they saw only Jesus in His usual appearance. Jesus had just confirmed what Peter had confessed only six days before. That He is indeed the Messiah. But when Jesus had begun to explain what being the Messiah meant, the disciples wouldn't listen. When Jesus began speaking of the suffering and rejection of his death and resurrection which awaited him, Peter rebuked him. And Jesus gave Peter the sharpest reprimand in the gospel. Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does but as human beings do. And then Jesus spoke boldly to the crowd and his disciples, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. Dear brothers and sisters, the Messiah, and there's only one, is the Messiah of the cross. The Messiah of the cross. Thus, the transfiguration was an unforgettable sign which God granted so that the disciples would not lose hope in the trials that awaited them. Jesus had punctuated his teaching on the cross with words which were fixed in the disciples' memory. Whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this faithless and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of 
when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. For this reason, the words of the Father, This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Have profound significance. They are divine affirmation of the truth, not only of Christ's words, but of his actions. For it is through Christ's death and resurrection that man's salvation is accomplished. As we shall pray in the preface of this Holy Mass, the passion leads to the glory of the resurrection. So we are never to be ashamed of the cross. We are to celebrate the cross. And it is from the perspective of the cross that today's psalm, Psalm 116, attains its fullest meaning. The liturgy today gives us only a shortened, a shortened form of the psalm. But in full, verses 10 to 15 say, I kept faith even when I said I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all men are liars. How can I repay the Lord for all the great good done for me? I will raise the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of his people. Dear in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his devoted. The psalmist give thanks to God for coming to his rescue by being present with him in the midst of his suffering. He gives thanks by raising the cup of salvation and calling on the name of the Lord. This is what Christ did at the Last Supper in anticipation of his passion through which he would pay his vow to the Lord to do the Father's will, to be obedient unto death and thus save all mankind from sin. When Jesus told his apostles, when Jesus told his apostles, do this in memory of me, he gave the church a mandate to celebrate the cross at every holy mass. This is what the mass is. It is a celebration of the cross. It is a celebration of love, of the greatest act of love the world has ever known. It is the cross which reveals the depth of Christ's love for the Father and of God's love for all humanity, for you and for me. We should marvel, as St. Paul did in his letter to the Romans, at God's love for each one of us. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but handed him over for us all, how will he not also give us everything else along with him? Dear friends, the wonder of the cross leads to unshakable confidence in God. The confidence that is based on our sonship. The knowledge that we are indeed children of God. What is the everything else? What is the everything else that Paul says we are to receive? It is the glory of salvation. The glory that is given to those who are not ashamed of the cross. It is the glory of the transfiguration. When Jesus commanded his disciples, his church, to perpetually celebrate the Eucharist, it was not for his glory. It was not for his glory. Although he unquestionably receives it as the one through whom all glory is given to the most blessed Trinity. This is what we acclaim at the great Amen, which concludes the Eucharistic prayer. No, the command to celebrate the Eucharist was for our benefit. It was to benefit you and me. 
And this is because the Eucharist is the principal means through which we are transfigured. We are transfigured into the glory of being faithful sons and daughters of God. Joined to Christ in his offering, we make our own offering to the Father. Indeed, we can say that Christ's offering, Christ's offering purifies our own. Together with him, we offer our entire selves, everything that we are, to God. Trusting that no matter what the circumstances are in our lives, even if everyone were to be against us, that God is with us. And together with Christ, we will offer to God our gratitude and raise the cup of salvation. In this way, the love of God dwells in us and we are transformed into the likeness of Christ. In this way, we act as true sons and daughters of God. And the Father is well pleased. The Father is well pleased. And our desire to stay with Him increases. Yes, St. Peter's sentiments become our own. In the depths of our hearts, we too say, Lord, it is good for us to be here. And we want to stay with Him. We find ourselves spending more and more time with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. We find ourselves spending more and more time with Him in prayer. The thought of attending Holy Mass excites us. And we approach Holy Communion with eager anticipation. Oh, we might look the same. We might look the same on the outside, as Jesus did when he came down the mountain with his disciples. But inside, we will be different. In our hearts, we will more deeply value the cross. We will celebrate it every day. And we will live it as we follow the Master unto the everlasting day when we behold his eternal divine glory in heaven.